0: Hi, I'm Melania, and you're listening to Learn STEM, a podcast where each week, Liam, Rhea, and Nisa, and I each delve into and discuss a topic in a field of STEM. Whether that be interviews, tips and tricks, or even stories, we always find a way to both entertain and teach listeners about new subjects. Make sure to follow us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever else you listen to to be notified of each week's episode. Thank you. Hello everyone, um, I'm recording this in my family room, FYI, so if you hear any background noises, if you hear my dog coughing, if you hear my family talking, that's why. Uh, for some reason, the audio is really good in here though, so we're gonna make a sacrifice. But um, I was gifted with the technology episode for this week and decided to do... Um, something in forensics, specifically facial reconstruction and recognition technology, which can be used to pretty much bring life to the dead. So this episode is going to be split up into two parts. We're going to have the first part, which is kind of an introduction to facial reconstruction and recognition technology and how it works. And then the second part, I actually wanted to kind of um, relay a case that used um reconstruction technology specifically to identify a victim and all the pictures for this episode and all of the information will be linked in the podcast episode description so if you wanted to follow along with that or if you go to the link with the fbi um it was by the fbi that has pictures and actually the specific case that i'm going to be covering today There's also another case that they have on there if you're really interested. But yeah, let's just start with kind of an introduction on um, this technology. Okay, so I first wanted to say that there are two different ways that we can reconstruct faces. um, And that can be through clay modeling or it can be through a 3D type of clay modeling. And then also for recognition that's only on tech like only on a computer, but both of these technologies are used as last resorts um, when identifying victims, and they are not used in courts so similar to polygraphs um, that's why people say if you are ever asked to take a polygraph just don't because they're so unreliable and they're very inaccurate most of the time that they're not even used in courts. Um, but again, they're still used as last resorts. So the way that facial reconstruction works is it uses the averages of many statistics of the victim. So they're going to first, when they find the victim, they're going to identify their age, their height, their gender, and their race. Sometimes you can identify the weight, but, um, that depends on how far in their post-mortem interval they are. Uh, but they're going to use the statistics of the people Um, in these groups. So the average height for their age, the average gender, or with their gender, the average uh, race. They're going to just use a whole bunch of averages. And they're going to slowly build a face for the unidentified victim. So like... Uh, the average nose size for a specific race or like women typically have larger hips than men, things like that. So Facelab is a popular software that has been used to create 3D models of unidentified skulls from CT scans. And um, these scans, CT scans, provide lots of surface detail and actually internal information that just looking at this goal wouldn't provide and this allows the program to make as close um of estimates as possible and they can actually like uh reconstruct missing jaw lines so this kind of mimics the hand sculpting process just online you can kind of think of it like those engineering platforms that a lot of engineer students use um where they can like analyze a certain thing that they build virtually even more to the extent so the mimicking of virtual sculpting allows for the preservation of the skull and access to each layer created which allows for alteration of the model if or when more knowledge is gained or a mistake is made so if they figure out the exact age of the victim later on they can go back and actually alter the Um, Model, And then they can also see each individual model that they made or each individual layer. Um, So to start the process, you start by analyzing the skull of the victim's face, and the race and the sex are able to be determined by forensic experts with the skull alone, while age is loosely guessed as well, but it's not um, confirmative. so then the experts will start to create a skull with the jaw and then not the exact eyes but a good base for the eyes they then place um, this is virtually or with clay 21 different landmarks that are tagged on the skull for eventual approximation of t- tissue depth, um depth i'm sorry so these tissue depths are guessed again based on the averages of other people who have the same race as them age as them gender etc the muscle is then added to the skull and it's built upward at a depth of about a millimeter within the facial markers and this serves as the tissue of the skull Uh, the nose and eyes are actually extremely difficult to guess um, because there's just a wide variations of the nose and the eyes between all people, regardless of their gender, their age, or their race. Um, So math is used to make these approximations. Typically the mouth, for example, is the same width as the distance between the two pupils. And then of course, birthmarks, wrinkles, and weight and scars can't be determined through math or science. Uh, So it must be a guess. So facial recognition specifically can be used to try and determine who the victim may be. A facial recognition software can use specific points of a reconstruction reconstructed face to compare the points of real people from a database. So after the face is reconstructed, they can use a facial recognition software to look at those 21 landmarkers that we talked about at the beginning and look at a database of people throughout the world or country and try to match the closest um, person. So that is kind of an introduction to these softwares and now I just wanted to tell you a case where we actually used or the FBI used facial reconstruction to identify the victim. Okay, so this case takes place in 1994. In 1994, at the summit of Table Mountain in Idaho, a Caucasian female skeleton is found approximately 200 meters off the pathway of a hiking trail in the thick reeds. The following items were collected with the remains. A wristwatch, checkbook, shark tooth pendant, and a leather handbag containing a plastic water bottle, a cup, and two empty packets of sleeping pills containing um drugs in them. so the checkbook that the female had on her was too damaged to recover information from due to uh previous weather and If you actually do want to go and click on the description, there is a picture of her skull and with the description police are actually able to link the case to a missing person's report from a couple years earlier and this report was of a disappearance of a woman who suffered from chronic depression in the table mountain area and fun fact the police actually didn't link the missing person's case a reporter um Went to police, kind of saw what was happening and actually did a reporting a few years ago on this woman. So she was the one to link this. So, of course, that's not enough to just link it. Um, So police previously, when the girl went missing, they looked for her but were never able to actually find her. And they never looked in the area where this identified body was found. So there is a possibility it could be her. Um, The parents said they were positive that the items which went along with the body were hers. But when the police attempted to analyze the daughter's dental records, they found that the records were mislaid and can only be used as presumptive confirmation. So normally you're able to um, confirm a person with dental records but due to it being mislaid they could only use it presumptively. As a final attempt to identify the body police hired facial reconstruction specialists who had not seen any prior photos of the woman to build a face of the victim from scratch and this helped uh, make sure that they were getting as accurate results as possible because if they saw pictures of the um, woman who they were who the police were trying to connect them to, it could throw things off. So once the reconstruction was finished, um, the photos were shown to the parents who stated the following. And I quote, although the sculpture does not look exactly like our daughter, the family resemblance is remarkable. So much so that it looks exactly like our niece. We are satisfied that our daughter is dead. End quote. I don't know what the last sentence was about. We are satisfied now that our daughter is dead. But um, in the end, the victim was identified. And yeah, so that was, it's very, what's the word? It's very unique that she was actually able to be identified through the Um, facial reconstruction again that doesn't happen all the time but if you want to look on the website you will be able to see the sculpture that the um, specialist did and then the actual photo that the parents took during around the time of the disappearance of her daughter and as I'm looking at it um, they're definitely right it doesn't look exactly like the daughter but the actual shape of the skull is pretty accurate, um, which, again, they would be able to easily do since they have the skull on them. The nose is, her nose seems a little more rigid, while the nose that they made is more masculine, in my opinion. So I definitely don't think that is accurate. Um, the eyebrows are pretty accurate and the ears are very accurate and then the lips are they're a mix they're they're fine they're just not completely um accurate but that was it was a pretty good match especially for 1994 and then again I just wanted to um state again that there are two other cases if you want to look at that website so that was all for this week's video um especially since this is the first week of october this is kind of like a spooktober where we're going to be discussing topics that are more sinister and (laughs) spooky um so yeah that's all and thank you for watching